You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Mavs. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Nick, the last time we recorded, as soon as we finished recording, the trade went down Ooh. between the Rockets and Suns. This is true. We have to, we can talk about this, too. Does Does this help? Since our intro was way too long the last podcast, does this help the Suns? <laughs> Um, compete for a playoff spot. The Suns? <laughs> you talk. We're talking about the same Suns. <laughs> the funniest thing about this trade is the Suns. Is when it first happened, everybody was bashing the Rockets, but it's like it complaint came full circle. And for the and like the very next day, it was what the heck are the Suns doing? <laughs> it's like everybody and, forgot about the Suns for a second that they were involved. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, so the, the yeah. trade that went down was Ryan Anderson and uh, DeAnthony Melton, who was a mid-second round pick that everybody pretty much liked. The guy from USC. We actually did uh, one of our draft profiles, our second round draft profiles on him earlier this summer, uh, and we liked some things about him. I wasn't high on him for the Mavericks. I wasn't high on him in general just because he doesn't have a jumper, um, and he's still developing that. But DeAnthony Melton and Ryan Anderson go from the Rockets to the Suns, and then the Suns are sending over Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight. And a bunch of different things had to happen. Ryan Anderson actually had to downgrade his contract and uh, to he had $21 million guaranteed, and now he only has like $15.6 million guaranteed so that him, his salary and that Brandon Knight's salary matched so that when they, they swapped over. So if they keep him the whole year, if the Suns keep Ryan Anderson the whole year, he keeps his whole $21 million. If they wave him at a certain point, I think it's like January or February or something. If they wave him at that point, then he only gets the fifteen something million. So, a hmm. little bit of a risk for him in that at that point. But the sun, like, are the Suns gonna get rid of him? Just to, you know, kind of just to spite him. And then Woj reported that the Suns are gonna start Ryan Anderson. They want to try to that's make super wild. They want to try to make a push for the playoffs. We've even talked about, it, and we're gonna do our, um, we're gonna do our positional rankings the suns are last in point guard just completely last in their starting point guard we don't even know who it is they don't even know who it is they're trying to make a move for one right now yeah that's the thing like we liked elliot kobo and now they got melton and it's like you got two young point guards to kind of like develop and stuff and that's really cool but unless you're going to roll out booker as your hard yeah your hard and like point guard and and hope that uh, Miles, I mean Miles Bridges. Uh, Mikael Bridges can be like your defender against point guards, and I don't know. We both like I was texting Nick. Pat Beverly should they he should be a son right now. Like they should just go take Beverly from the Clippers. They're not gonna make the playoffs. They have a thousand guards on the roster, so many. and he would be like perfect next to Booker. Either that or Milos. Just you know, because I don't I don't know if, I don't know I don't think they can get Beverly because I think Beverly's gonna start for them. I think the Clippers think they can make the playoffs too. Oh Lord! I rolled my yeah. eyes while I said that, but they. Yeah, you know. Gortat. <laughs> I will say this about the the Rockets side of it. Um, like my best friend here in Dallas is from Houston, big Rockets fan, 
And he was like texting me that night, like super hyped. And was like, dude, Marquis Chris, he used to be like a young Amari <laughs> and like all this stuff. And, and so Shout then out to he your like, who still sees the world through like rose colored glasses. <laughs> Shout out to and, him. <laughs> then he got like kind of down about it and was like, oh crap. I don't know. Did he go I'm watch like, Marquis Chris highlights? <laughs> yes. I'm like, bro, I'm not very high on Chris at all. I'm yeah. more, I'm more encouraged from your point about like Brandon Knight off the bench yeah. than what Marquis Chris could be. And so anyway, I pretty much told him, I was like, if you're a Rockets fan, you're like kind of down about this trade for some reason, just view it this way. If before you saw DeAnthony Melton play in Summer League, you were like Ryan Anderson in a second round pick for Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris, I'd be like, that's a heck of a, that's a, heck of a trade. Like, <laughs> that's a good deal for Houston. And I know Bill Simmons joked about it, but Brandon Knight is a lot easier to attach with a first round pick in a trade um, for something else like mid-season uh, compared yeah. to like Ryan Anderson. And but. he he could he could be a decent backup point guard for the, the Rockets, you know? Like, yeah, if he's healthy, if he comes back healthy, that's uh I mean definitely better than Michael Carter Williams. Look at the situation he's been playing in in Phoenix, the same, you know, for for Eric Bledsoe, you know, they had that weird yeah. whole three-point guard thing, four-point guard thing that they were trying to do. They have changing coaches, all this stuff. They just, you know, they weren't trying to win and all these things. And so maybe Brandon Knight comes out of that. And the last time we saw Brandon Knight play well was 2015 or 16 when the Bucks were, you know, poised to make a playoff run with him and he was like going to be an all-star. I mean, he was he was pretty close. He was playing really really well for the the Bucks and then he got traded that season um to the Suns. And uh and he's just kind of been this contract albatross since then, but he's I, I think he's playable. Now probably in Phoenix the last couple of years he wasn't playable cuz they did not play him. <laughs> and I, <laughs> But I think he can – maybe not playable is the right word. Maybe salvageable. How about let's put it that way. I think that, yeah. that's the most salvageable player in this deal. Yeah, Melton doesn't for sure. Count. Marquise Chris. I watched him I'm in person in, in Summer League like two years ago, and the dude was just – I mean, he's just done. Yeah. Like he, I mean, the only positive thing is if you just ask him to be like a backup to Capella and just, I don't know, whatever. I'm not a big fan of him. Yeah, and, and we've, we've speculated about the uh, the developmental process that they put Clint Capella through. Maybe they have something that the Phoenix Suns don't, and they can help Marquise Chris develop in that way. Because Clint Capella didn't come out, and he wasn't the Clint Capella that we know now. He was like this end-of-the-bench sort of interesting guy that you know had some skills here and there, but you know wasn't the you know, the rim protector guy that we, ha- we know now that got the almost hundred million dollar contract. So maybe they can turn Marquise Chris into that, but it'll take a couple of years. It's not going to be right away. It's not going to be next year or anything like that. Yeah. So, but he was, wasn't he like the top 10 pick? In that yeah. Draft? Like seventh pick. Something he's, got, like that. he's got some talent and potential to work with. Now let's just see if he can kind of put it together in that Rockets system. And maybe a system like that would help him. Hey, Nothing will hurt at this point. <laughs> a system and a hierarchy can be good for him. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's the trade. What we're actually going to get to today is we're going to do the rest of our what-ifs from our mailbag. Uh, there's a, there's too many of them. We got rid of a few. We are just looking through these, and we're going to really just rapid-fire all these suckers. So, we're going to do that. Um, a couple other things in in uh, Dallas basketball news, I guess. The uh, oh, by the way, what did you think about the Luol Deng stretch and wave and all that of stuff? Of course, here we go. That was very interesting. That has nothing to do with Dallas basketball, but like, no, it does not, Nick. But somehow we Lakers talk creeps NBA in. Moves. The the Luol Deng move gets made. Uh, I learned something new about the salary cap. <laughs> I learned that 
on September 1st, uh, you can make moves that affect the year after. So, like, they waived and stretched Dang's contract, meaning they waived him for this upcoming year, and they stretched his contract for next year. And hmm. Dang b- gave back about $7 million. Which I don't know why you do that, but... Because he wants to try to go play somewhere else. They're just not playing. Stop. Anymore. Just make your dang money. Who? You Pun intended. <laughs> There's so much stuff like that that I just, I don't know, you can see underneath the table of like, I don't know, Jenny Buzz saying, hey, I'll just give you $7 million. Just do it on your contract and it'll be fun. <laughs> hey, what are, you, what are you suggesting? Tampering? <laughs> Never know. In the NBA? No way. So you have no thoughts on it? I mean, I mean, I guess it opens up cap, more cap space for next summer. But, I mean, I just have always been in the mindset of, like, they were going to create that space somehow. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, however, I mean, the only thing that is intriguing by it is they don't have to attach, like, a young asset to yeah. get rid of Dang now. So How many how many Dang trades did we create last year <laughs> around the yeah. trade deadline trying to figure out how, we, how the Mavericks could get somebody, you know, one of those core pieces? I don't think this is a Kevin Durant stop, though. Um, I know. It doesn't seem realistic at all. I just, if you're Durant, why leave the Warriors to go to the Lakers to play with, like, LeBron? Like, I, don't, I don't really get that. Yeah. Who, who's the second best player when Jordan was around? Either, like, Hakeem or Carl Malone. Like, imagine if one of them just, like, <laughs> left, yeah. left their team and went and joined Jordan. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, yeah. But, I mean, I, I definitely could see a Jimmy Butler so I'm like, I don't really see a Clay Thompson thing, especially like, I mean, what? I don't think any Warriors yeah, are leaving right now. I don't see that either. And if anybody leaves, it'll be Durant, and then the rest of them will just stay together probably. So, yeah, I mean, I could see a Jimmy Butler. Outside of that, I don't know. I mean, some of these other names, I just thought they're whatever. But. In other Dallas basketball news, wanted to get to this real quick. The uh, Mavs Gaming has decided to – they get to retain two players – uh, they get to or have to or both. <laughs> they they have to retain have two to. of two of their players. So they they uh, the NBA 2K League teams all had six players on their roster all season, and so they had to retain two players on their roster. And so the Mavericks decided to pick uh, Dimes and Dayfry, which are probably the, definitely their two best players. Um, and so now we'll see what they do going forward. They're allowed to make two trades or three trades, couple couple trades throughout the season now. Uh, there's going to be expansion draft. It's all very complicated. <laughs> they can start making trades um, for next season on September 25th. I'm pretty sure. So watch, watch the watch trades after September 25th. That'll be pretty gaming. fun. Yeah. Now that's not during their season or anything. So. No, 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 no. Um, so yeah, so that's that happened. That was kind of newsy. So we wanted to mention that. Um, all right. When we come back. We're going to rapid fire through a lot of these what ifs, Isaac. Are you ready for this? Um, yeah, beyond ready. Not really. We have some of these we haven't even looked at before. Yeah. Uh, so it's just purely off whatever first comes to our minds. Some of these uh, I've actually looked up a few things. but Because there's literally like 40 of them. And we did five of them last pod. And I was like, man, we can't do four pods of what if mailbags. So let's just get through it. Yeah. Let's just do them. And we wanted to answer all of them. And they're all from you guys on Twitter. So uh, shout out to everybody, and let's take a quick break. All right, Isaac, the first what if is one that I had a hard time with. (laughs) 
What if they cashed in on Roddy B when his trade value was high? This is from Tim Ma four one one four. Um, Roddy B's trade value was interesting. There was these there was rumors at the time of him being put in a package together for Chris Paul, but it had to be a lot of stuff. And so yeah. I don't think I, I'm not sure Roddy B's trade value was big enough that it would have been a franchise altering move to me. Yeah, this one's this one's a weird. Like, what if? We traded X player at some point is a very yeah. hard what if yeah. because it's just you don't know what what players they could be you know some of these rumors it's like what if we made this trade and because we know the players that were on the table but this one I don't know I mean it's not like Roddy B was ever like you know a superstar or something like that so I don't know we could have got something but it's nothing franchise altering. What if Tyson Chandler was a Maverick for his entire career? This is from MT3 Maverick. I'm gonna assume this means after we traded for him, and not like like saying they drafted him, yeah, yeah, and if he just like stayed with us at that point, I mean, I think just legacy wise, I mean, his number would for sure be in the rafters, yeah. Um, I mean, he was just a perfect fit next to Dirk. I think it would it'd be very intriguing if we got multiple like more than two years of a player like (laughs) two separate years, (laughs) yeah, next to Dirk. I don't know, just how how would Dirk numbers changed um, through then? Just I don't know. It's it's something fun to think about, and we all love Tyson, but it's one. But he's it's not a it's not a Nash situation to where I think it would result in multiple titles. You know. Yeah, and then it's it's impossible to try to guess what he would have been like if he was a, a Maverick at the start of his career because he was what the number three pick. Yeah, I mean, he was super high up there. He was very, very high pick. So it's not like he was Might easily be number one. Was he a number one pick? I can't remember now. It's not like he was very gettable at the time. Um, yeah, you know when he first came out. In the also, draft. did we did we skip the Josh Howard one? I had that one on my list for some reason. Oh, go the ahead and, and read it. I don't have it right here. Oh, uh, it so uh, Tim Tima four one one four. By the way, uh, Tyson Chandler second overall pick in 2001. I'm sure a bunch of people were screaming that at me while we were. Yeah, under two take. Um, yeah, this one. What if Josh Howard was given the timeout after the free throw? So, oh yeah, this we was, stopped at this one. This was super controversial at the time, but I think it's just, it's very simple on my part. You you would have just gotten a better shot. I mean, it's not like a. I mean, it. This was in the, going back for people. This is in the finals. This was game four, right? Wade no, was shooting the free game five. Game five, Wade was shooting the free throws. Josh Howard had this miscommunication with the ref. A lot of people were saying he was telling the ref, "Hey, I want we want the timeout after he makes the free throw." Instead, the ref calls the timeout in between free throws. That was their last timeout. So then, <laughs> which who calls just, the timeout in between free throws? I know That's it was a mess. Wade comes back. They come out of the timeout. Wade hits the free throw, and then there's like you know like three seconds left. And the Mavericks can't advance the ball, so they just have to wing it down and get a bad shot. So, yeah, obviously, if they didn't, if they got the timeout after a free throw, they would have just been able to advance the ball. But this isn't a huge, huge like what if for me. I mean, there was a lot written about it back then, but I mean, you would have just, you would have got a better shot. And of course, you would want a better shot, but it's no like guarantee that it's not like they hit it and it was just a complete wrong call and they would have won and then, you know. But, yeah, they would have got a better shot for sure, and you felt screwed about it after that game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Can I go to a rant real quick? Hey, Nick, you know what time What time it is for you to go on a rant? 
I just saw this post on Reddit. And by the way, report, all reports are saying, all reports coming in, I'm, I'm hearing from my producer right now, Luka Doncic has stepped down in Dallas, Texas. He is now in Dallas, Texas again. He has been in and out, but he, I, I believe I'm hearing this correctly. He is here in for and good. Out. In and out burger? He could in California be stopping at an or in, in Dallas. Burger. He is only 19. He is allowed to eat that kind of stuff. Um, but someone on Reddit posted, Wonder Boy is back home. This is not <laughs> Dallas is bro. not Luka Doncic's home. He just he just got here. Nah, bro, this ain't home. Even he's got a little apartment and stuff now, but this ain't home. It might not even be home for him, like you know, during the season. Yeah, <laughs> could be just a place away. I don't, I get I get frustrated when people say that because I also love the people reaching out that saying, "Hey, do you know if Luka's in Dallas?" Well, <laughs> I honestly don't care. <laughs> um also why does it matter it doesn't really matter but yeah but it is kind of it is kind of funny to, if you follow a bunch of them on instagram and it's like <laughs> i click on the instagram stories and it's like it, they're all like in a row it's like the mavericks instagram like um you know barnes and different people like that jj berea and they're all posting like pictures and stuff of working out here in dallas and then then you click on deandre's and he's on like a yacht over like some random place and it's like he's yeah he's just enjoying life until he has to be here (laughs) which is no knock on him i'm not deandre DeAndre was in a gym the other day but he was but most of his instagram stories are like making jokes about you know different things he made it he made a joke about one of the Mavericks recently. Anyway, we're off on a... Also, r- random note, we're not going to say who, but me and Nick have a theory about a non-Maverick that was in the Mavericks gym the other oh, day. Oh, we're not going to say it? No, I don't want to say it. Oh, come on. That was so good. It's public. From an, it is public, but it's from another team. I, I, I guess we could say it because it's not on It's not on his Instagram story anymore. No. We, okay, so we think... It's not that big of a deal, but it's not really that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal at all. <laughs> but know. we were texting about it. It it looked like Lamarcus Aldridge is in the Mavs practice in Dallas, like across the street from the AAC. Yeah, like in their practice facility and stuff. Based off JJ Brad's Instagram post the other day, it was it. By the way, the Instagram post was of his son Sebastian on like this treadmill. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and in the background, Isaac texts me this, and he goes, "Hey." Does that look like a Marcus Aldridge? And I zoomed it in like I felt like I was on CSI, like enhance, enhance, enhance. <laughs> yeah. And I'm zooming it in. And it kind of looks like his face, but you can't tell because it's so pixely. But he was hanging out with, with God, Sham God, and Wes Matthews. And obviously he knows Wes Matthews from their time in Portland. But uh, It wasn't yeah. like street clothes either. It was like actual yeah, he basketball was, clothes, like playing. He was in there. So, yeah. that. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why. It's not that big of a deal. But. <laughs> it's not like he's going to come to the Mavericks or anything. But... <laughs> Anyway, oh my gosh, you got such a such a tangent. Okay, next one. What if the Mavericks didn't trade up for Luka Doncic? This is around V kills it, FTW. I think this is one of two biggest what ifs of the uh, of over the past like of year. the next ten years. <laughs> yes, for the next like five to ten years is we'll look back and say well, what if. Um, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but what if the Nerlens thing like worked out? Yeah. And then what if we didn't trade it for Luca? Because those are two huge things. But for me, it's kind of simple. I think Mo Bamba is a Maverick. Yep. De- I say it's simple as far as like there's a lot more moving parts. But I think Bamba is a Maverick. DeAndre is obviously not a Maverick. And I think it's it'd be kind of crazier because 
like naturally you would look that look at that and say Bamba's a little bit farther away, so the timeline might be pushed back a little bit. It wouldn't be all this like playoff talk, but it might might have made them more aggressive in the trade front also because if they dangled the uh, 2019 first out for Luca and stuff like that, and they got Bamba, they might have you know tried to package something else to go get somebody else to make a playoff push uh, also. So I don't know. I mean. This will something, be something to look back on for years and years. I'm going to take it in a different direction. If the Mavericks didn't trade up for Luka Doncic, we would be absolutely killing them right now. At the time, you and me sat at, this, sat at the table in the media room at the, in the AAC, you know, right under the war room. And oh. at the time, when we thought that the trade wasn't going to happen, after Donnie Nelson spoke to the media before the draft, when he, when you know trades were all up in the air and everything, and he said, at this point, we're looking like we're going to stay at number five and stay you know, with our pick. Isaac looked at me and said, is this going to be the Giannis thing all over again? <laughs> Yeah. And honestly, it could have been. This could have been you know, a big... They you know, would have never li- lived this never. down because it was so directly reported by Mark Stein of they're unwilling to like trade West Matthews for Kent Bazemore, basically. Yes, and that was what it was at the time. Now we end up, no players were traded or anything like that, but uh, it could have been a, as big of a mistake as the Giannis thing. And that's I, I really do believe that because I think Luka Doncic is going to be super, super good. What if the Mavericks were in the East this year? This is from Alan in the Post. Shout out to him, loyal listener. Yeah, uh, Alan. If the Mavs were in the East, they would absolutely make the playoffs. <laughs> I'd say yeah, six to eight playoff team. I don't know about six to eight, but they would absolutely make the playoffs. Oh, stop it! Who are they? Who's finishing? What do you mean? Well, we've, know, we've talked about our, our Eastern Conference. We've talked about our Eastern Conference. You got your uh, big three in the East. Teams. Okay, so th- this is the teams: Boston, Toronto, Philly, Indiana, Milwaukee. Yeah. Okay, so you got your big three in the East. Then after that, Indiana and Milwaukee. Let's just leave it at that. Both That's better why. than the Mavericks. Okay, those are five teams. That's why I say 68. Washington, Miami, Detroit. Um, you could. Yeah, you, you actually. Could, so Washington's over under for sixth is 44 and a half. You could absolutely talk me into the Mavericks winning 45 games in the East because they the would East. play East teams four times, three times. Sign me you up know, for all Dallas these teams playing a lot Orlando more. four times a year. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, imagine they're playing Orlando four times and the Warriors only two times. <laughs> yeah, he, he flipped Golden that. State. That's a big swing right there. Um, and we've talked about this over and over again. I'm going to keep saying it that you know the difference in the gap between the West and the East is so big because they play those teams more than they play the West. Yeah. So they would absolutely be a playoff team, and I would be picking them probably seven, seven or eight for me. But maybe you can talk me into six. <laughs> That'd be a fun playoff series in the first round. Would be. Anyway. What if Dirk didn't get injured in the 0-2-3 Western Conference Finals? That's from EMF underscore 13. So this is – the Mavs are down 2-1. Dirk gets hurt in game three. This is against the uh, San Antonio Spurs. They still had David Robinson at the time. He was older, but they still had him. Um, still and the, freaking Steve Kerr. And the Mavs actually won a game without Dirk. They won game five. This is still with Steve Nash, too. Um I think the series goes seven games. It ended up going six, and then Spurs won. Um, it went six games, and it took freaking Steve Kerr going off in game six for them oh, to yeah, win. yeah, yeah. Like, in a crazy fourth quarter and just all that different second half. Like, they win it all if he doesn't get hurt. Call me a homer. Whatever. Wow. Because cause they're, I, I think they would, they would roll through that Nets team. Yeah, I think they would go at least seven, and then – yeah, the seventh game would be in San Antonio. Anything goes at that point. 
and mm-hmm. you know the best player would rise up. And honestly, okay, so if Dirk doesn't get hurt in this series, they go to seven games. Dirk beats Duncan. This could be a whole different conversation between who's better, Dirk or Tim Duncan. For sure, completely different. Yeah, absolutely, that's wild. Yep. Does Steve Nash get? Steve Nash doesn't get let go at that point. They retain him no matter what. Yeah, probably no matter what. I mean, yeah, because they would win the finals. They would. They would absolutely roll yeah. that. I mean, you the, could look at two thousand eleven. It's a Jason Kidd Nets team. Yeah, Kidd, Kenyon Martin, all this stuff. I mean, you would hope that they would keep Nash, but a lot of people have said that you would hope that they would keep two thousand eleven together also. So that's uh, a little different though because it, it, they were older. Yeah. Next question. What if KD came to Dallas instead of Golden State after leaving OKC? This is from Isaac Couch 3. We um, wouldn't have Harrison Barnes, guys. I mean, <laughs> Or Andrew Bogut. You, okay. you for, so people, you know what? People forget about the Andrew Bogut. <laughs> Era in Dallas. Era in Dallas. That's going to be a great Forgotten Mavs podcast one day. <laughs> Andrew Bogut. <laughs> That's one I will absolutely listen to right yes. away as soon as it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> if KD came to Dallas, the Mavericks would be a playoff team. Uh, a lot of things would be different, but he would leave probably after one year. <laughs> no Dennis, no Luca. Obviously, don't happen. Yeah, no Dennis. If if KD uh, does come, um, I don't know. I think I think if he, I mean, if he obviously if he did come, he would like want to compete. So I think somebody else would come too eventually over the next couple summers. Yeah, because it's been a couple summers since then now. So I think you'd get another piece at that point to go with kd for the future because west would still be under contract but everybody else yeah you have west but no barnes so you have west and kd instead of west and barnes it's a big yeah. difference it's a big difference and dirt what if andre godala signs with the mavs instead of the warriors the last time he was a free agent we made an offer and i think he was on the way before changing his mind this is from chad stanton this was actually more believable than the this is way more believable than the kd one but this actually was pretty true. In 2013, when Iguodala signed with the Golden State Warriors, uh, this is from, I think, ESPN. Finally, an hour before Iguodala was to sign with the Mavericks, the Warriors made two, concession, two concessions in the deal with Utah and were able to send Richard Jefferson and Andres Biedrance and Brandon Rush, along with two first-round picks in two seconds. The, this was a massive cap dump. Jefferson and Biedrance had these huge contracts that they couldn't get rid of. And they finally were able to offload them with two first-round picks in two seconds. I mean, that's that's massive. That would never happen in, yeah. in this NBA, and that, that's only five years ago. <laughs> like nobody's giving up first-round picks like that anymore, uh, and especially just to get rid of cap space, and uh, or just to acquire some cap space. And so yeah. now we see, you know, even guys like us, we come up with these fake trades trying to get you know trying to get assets for cap space this is one of the trades that we really look back to and are like hey it worked for them they got these you know two assets for that cap space now they ended up getting iguodala they ended up being a great team (laughs) one of the greatest teams ever (laughs) so yeah uh, but do are the warriors as successful if they don't get iguodala i say no because they don't win that first title yeah i mean no i mean iguodala is the finals mvp (laughs) yeah i mean he's massive to that team so yeah, I mean, you would say wise, playing wise defense. I mean, I would say now if he w- went to Houston, like it was rumored this offseason, they would still win the title this year, probably. Yeah, it's different now um, with KD because they have KD. But yeah, they, that first one probably doesn't happen. That's wild. No Monte for the Mavericks, by the way. If Iggy does that, that's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> no Monte now. All right, these next two uh, what ifs oh, go Lord. go hand in hand. Uh, it's about Shaquille O'Neal. 
And uh, I think it deserves... C- calm down, it, Nick. I think it deserves a tease. <laughs> Coming up next, Isaac and I will answer the question, what if the Mavericks were able to acquire Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> Overrated. All right, Isaac, a question from Rob Parker 98 What if the Dirk for Shaq trade had happened? And then another one from Tim Ma 4114. What if they pulled off the Shaq trade that didn't include Dirk? So we're going to put those two together, saying that what if they acquired Shaq and kept Dirk? So they literally have nothing else on the roster but Dirk and Shaq at the time. And this was in 2004 when Kobe and Shaq were done. They had just lost to the Pistons in 04. I love that finals. With that Gary Payton, Carl. That was a very sad moment in my childhood. <laughs> that Gary Payton, Carl Malone team. Um, yeah. And this was you know, obviously a couple years before Shaq was with the Heat and they played the uh, the Mavericks in the finals. Um, One, I don't even want to talk about if they traded Dirk for Shaq because yeah, I wasn't was, that big of a Shaq no, fan and that would be stupid. Yeah. We would not even address that. <laughs> On a side note, too, that wouldn't fit Don Nelson's style either. because Not at all. Don likes his centers to shoot, and Shaq would have thrown that off, but you would obviously reshape your offense. He would have thrown that off the back of the rim is what he would would have done. Um, The Shaq thing to Dallas, if they could have pulled that off without Dirk in the deal, it's very intriguing because Dampier trade doesn't happen in 2004 if you you do the uh, Shaq trade. And craziest thing is, what if you, what if somehow you could have pulled this off in 2003 before you let go of Nash? Mm. And then you would have had Nash, Derek, and Shaq. You would have been paying the, the biggest you know, salary cap bill in history. Yeah, but those title at the parades. Time, at the time. Those title parades would uh, would pay it off. Oh, though. heck yeah. Heck yeah. Shaq and Nash. The, the pick and roll and pick and pop with Shaq, Nash, and Dirk. <laughs> it's so Who's going to stop that team? I know. Now, but, it's, uh, it's yeah. completely opposite of a team you want right now. <laughs> and, and like, the space that Shaq would have with Dirk on the perimeter. And like, Nash. Yeah. That's two of the like, most efficient three-point shooters in NBA history. So, yeah, I mean, even if they made the trade in 2004 um, without uh, – because there's actually, like – this isn't just, like, completely out of nowhere of KD. There's a lot of – there's some stories written on this. There was, yeah, the Dirk, Shaq was, sh- Dirk and Shaq thing was real. And, like – Shaq was wanting to come to Dallas really bad. <laughs> there's some like crazy, there's some articles about, I mean, even like his wife and how he had told the like Lakers and like all this different stuff that like he had tried he, on cowboy boots. He was wanting, uh, he wanted he to come fitted to, for a hat. to the Mavericks at that time. So yeah, I mean, this, this is a, I mean, a what if that people don't like look at a lot and I mean, it, it's cool. I mean, but, it's interesting to think about. It's weird to think about Shaq in a Mavericks jersey, though. Yeah, like Mark Stein said, Mark Stein uh, wrote an article and said Shaquille O'Neal's quietly and publicly lobbied for trades to the to the Mavericks at various points in his career. But oh well, he wrote that. He wrote oh well. <laughs> no, that was me. <laughs> Mark Stein wrote, but oh well, but oh well. <laughs> way, way to be a Stan, Mark Stein. <laughs> Um, what if Love, Kevin Love, came to the Mavs back when he wanted to be traded in 2007? That's from J. Will 2814. Um, 
I don't. I remember Kevin Love wanting to be traded. The, the Timberwolves were so bad. Their best season with Kevin Love when he was their best player was like they were 500. They just could never get over the hump. They were just never a good team. But he was putting up these monster, incredible numbers. Um, I'm sure a lot of you, a lot of uh, listeners remember Kevin Love when he was in Minnesota, but some of them don't. Uh, he was like a 25 and 15 guy. Like he, yeah. like 25 points, 15 boards. He was just all, and then four assists too. He was monster, monster guy. He would he would get these 20 20 games and, and 30 30. I think he even had a 30 30. He game had a 30 30 game. 30 just, 30. Just, just wild um, that he was able to put up those kind of numbers. A little bit heavier back then too. Oh yeah, yeah. Had some had some weight on it. Was able to throw around on that post. Um, what if he came back to the Mavs and he wanted to be traded in 07? So 07 for the Mavericks. You're talking. This is weird. So you're adding him to that 67 win team. I don't. I don't like the fit with Dirk. I'm just gonna be straight. But yeah, I that'd loved, be so I loved weird. Kevin Love back then, but I just. I mean, I just don't like that. The fit defensive at all. fit is awful. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, it would have just been you would to get love. You'd be sacrificing some wings. I mean, you he know, was going to. They were asking for a lot, and they got two firsts for him. You would be pairing him and <laughs> kind of. Dirk together, so that I wouldn't want to do that as your like main core. Yeah, not good. Not good. What if Avery Johnson didn't get fired? This is from Lord Ashbury. We kind of talked about this yeah. on uh, one of our other pods, but I mean, Rick Carlisle doesn't happen if. Um, and Lord Ashbury, get your terminology right. He did not get fired. They decided to part ways. Fair, fair. Uh, but he did, so I get your point. But, uh, yeah, Rick Carlisle was brought in right after that. So, yeah, I mean, Carlisle doesn't happen. If you want to say because of that, 2011 doesn't happen, then go for it. If Avery Johnson and the Mavericks didn't part ways, Jeff Van Gunny would be the coach of the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> Finally. The Gruden, the Gruden of the NBA comes home. <laughs> oh, John Gruden. Speaking of that guy, what a disaster! Good lord, what a terrible move on their part. It's probably we're probably gonna look back and they're gonna get like two Hall of Famers from those first round picks. Yeah, <laughs> just you know that's just how it happens with trades. You look at a trade and, and immediately react to it and say, oh, they got totally, you know, they butchered the trade and then <laughs> comes back on us. But what a bad start for a guy, you know. Anyway, yeah. Okay, these next two questions go hand in hand. What if Mark Cuban never bought the Mavericks? And what if Mark sold the team? Uh, one of these is from Junipe Lang. Some of these topics are very, very large topics that we're obviously cramming a lot of like, this into honestly, one podcast. this is a macroeconomic question. <laughs> really. <laughs> so, and like all of these podcasts, we didn't do homework for. So we're just like kind of. All these questions, just, not all these podcasts. Oh, crap. All these podcasts. <laughs> Um, We've never done so anyway, we're just we have other topics we want to get to before training camp and stuff starts. So True. normally we would spend longer, uh, longer time on questions like this. But my simple answer to if Cuban was not the owner of the Mavericks, um, I don't. We just wouldn't be as aggressive with a lot of different things. And that that's just been Cuban's mantra of like for so long he paid the luxury tax and didn't care about it and all this different stuff. And there's a lot of internal stuff with Mavericks that, um, yeah, with, as far as just, you know, decision makers and who has the power and all that different stuff. And that you'd like look at and be like, Hey, you know, what happens if Cuban's there, Cuban's not there and who makes certain decisions with that. But what's that face, Nick way to be as vague as possible about that. I think, I think with this question, I take it, 
um, what has Mark Cuban brought that a different owner couldn't bring? And he definitely brings a visibility to the Mavericks that, that no other owner really, besides maybe Steve Ballmer a little bit, um, that no other owner really brings. He's, you know, the one owner that people want to hear from. He's always, you know, has media availability, or he did before last season. Uh, and it would make national news. Anytime he would say something, even about the NFL or something like that, He his name gets brought up and he brings the Mavericks with him. So the, the, the uh, cachet of the Mavericks name gets brought up a lot more because of Mark Cuban. They become a much more visible team. They become more interesting. Uh, and maybe some of you wouldn't be fans of the Mavericks if Mark Cuban hadn't been the owner of the team because he brought so much attention to the Mavericks. Yeah. And like what I was saying a while ago, decision stuff, it's not like a slight towards him. It's just some some owners are more hands-on and they actually make decisions. So it's like, it's just one plus one equals two. If like, if Cuban wasn't here, some of the decisions that he had made over the time wouldn't have panned out with, you know, with the Mavericks and stuff. So yeah, it, it wouldn't have been as entertaining if Mark was not for here. For sure. For sure. Uh, and the NBA would have made a lot less money with fines. And that's very true. <laughs> very true. What if Rick Carlisle left this summer? This is also from Alan in the Post. I wanted to keep this one in because I thought it was interesting. Remember that rumor that he was going to go to the Bucks? <laughs> yes. If he leaves, who do you think is the coach of the Mavericks? Melvin Hunt. Oh, your boy. Yeah, Melvin Hunt would be the head coach. Your guy, Melvin Hunt. That would have been interesting. Yeah. I would have been down for that. Rick Carlisle with the Bucks, though, <laughs> would have been very interesting. I would have been very down. With Melvin Hunt being the head coach. All right. <laughs> Don't get fired. What if we never made the Rondo trade? This is from the Adam Hayden, uh, or the Adam Hayden. I feel like we kind of talked about this. Yeah, if they never make the Rondo trade, uh, they'd probably win, like, one more game in the playoffs <laughs> against the Rockets. Because yeah. they played the Rockets team that went to the uh, Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it's not like we sacrificed a lot of like, future assets for Rondo either. Yeah. I mean, and we did give up the first-round pick, but still. The Mavericks got the best player in the deal. And he's still on the roster. What if the the Mavericks never traded? What he's if not the, better than Jay Crowder. <laughs> what if the Mavericks traded for someone other than Rondo? This is from Cowboy Ways. Oh gosh, I this like is, this question. I do like this question. Yeah. If we have more time to like deep dive it of like who could have been available and all that. This is why I would love, and I've been uh, I've been having some internet issues, so I haven't been able to do my live stream. But this is why why I would love like a. A chat because people would just start sending names to us and just like yeah, typing out names and people. Yeah, um, but then all the haters to be coming out. Oh my gosh, why'd you just say that? Yeah, I can't believe okay. you forgot that's that. All, that's what it's all about. That's why we're here. That's <laughs> why when Kevin Durant was asked recently in his Instagram DMs, well, "Who's your favorite media person?" He said, "I hate all of them." <laughs> 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 that's what it's all about. <laughs> he doesn't hate Bill. What if Nerland signs the initial Mavs offer last season? This is from ESDEIB. It's a great question. It's yeah. a great what if. Um, it's recent. We were there for it. <laughs> we have uh, someone on this podcast had a personal relationship with the party involved. <laughs> also, I love he's, how you like. He's recently <laughs> been replaced by Ray Spaulding as the darling of. <laughs> I got to promote my guys, man. I know, I know. I just like, I just like poking fun at you. <laughs> so if the if the Mavericks do this, obviously DeAndre Jordan doesn't happen. Yeah, the Mavericks are probably more patient with Nerlens about his whole stuff this this past year, <laughs> right? I, yeah, you think yeah. they'd have to be because they had a, this huge commitment. They would have been playing him more, probably. Been playing him more. 
The Mavericks would probably have won the same amount of games, though. <laughs> probably. I, I'm, that's, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't, I don't know if they're... That's the biggest shade you could throw somebody, no, well, but it's so there, true. <laughs> does it change? I don't think like, it changes. We won, so we had, like, the worst season <laughs> And you're like, oh, if this player we almost handed $70 million to, if he actually played the whole season, we probably would have won the same amount of games. Okay, <laughs> oh, they so win funny. two more games. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean. Yeah, him and Ner- him and Dennis would have been kind of fun together. That that little combo would have been been interesting to watch and monitor. Um, Luca, Nerlens, and Dennis, I don't know. But the Nerlens thing played out probably how it should have. Yeah. Do well in OKC, New Orleans. Yeah, I'm still rooting for him. I still am. Him but is- yeah, there's a financial part of that also of saying, "Holy crap, we gave this dude seventy million dollars." Yes. Um, for the next you know three or four years. So, uh, money wise, I mean, just chasing free agents next summer. Yeah, don't Nerlens forget the be- maps have a ton of cap space next summer. Yes, eighty nine. No. Um- <laughs> that was a that's a deep joke you just you just said right there. <laughs> <laughs> what if the Mavs had any draft luck at all since their creation? This is from T Caro underscore ninety two. I felt frustration in this, in this <laughs> at all question. since their creation. Uh, well, they got Dirk, so and they got Luca, so those two things. I feel like there are some franchises that don't draft a franchise changing, franchise changing player ever. True. Um, the Hornets have never done that. The Grizzlies have never really done that. Yeah. So they drafted like, Pow, I guess, but <laughs> since their creation, um, yeah, I mean they've they've struck you know, with some of these guys like that, and um, yeah, I mean they some recent history of draft picks haven't been the best, but you know I that think that was very nice of you. <laughs> I think when you look back on it though, and look at the uh, grand scheme of things in the next like five or ten years, and be like, wow, they drafted Dirk back then, they. <laughs> Dennis and Luca well, and they, they traded know. for we know they well, traded yeah. for Dirk. Yes, Someone yeah. will tweet us and be like, You guys didn't know go. they traded for Oh my gosh, for the Dirk. Bucks drafted him. Okay. And cool. that's when you a know. chat would be annoying. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's when I would be muting the Twitch chat right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Cool. What if the Mavs formed their dream big three of Darren Williams, Dwight Howard, and Dirk in 2012? This is from A Guang B. So I'm not. I, we haven't done research. We haven't gone back and looked exactly when. But the big three of of D. Will, Dwight, and Dirk. The big. The th- actually. The big three D's. <laughs> Triple D. <laughs> uh, I think it was in 2012. It could have been 2013 though, when it all was assembled. We're pretty sure that Darren Williams and Dwight were different years. But let's just say at some point this team was formed together. How good is this team? Um, I mean, it's good for probably a two-year stretch. Does this team more resemble the Brooklyn Nets that were thrown together? That kind of dream team, or yes. is it more like you know, like the Warriors? Yeah, because Darren Williams isn't even on a team right now. Um, he's pl- he's I don't know fighting UFC here in Dallas, and Dwight is. Gosh, on his and almost team. as soon as Darren Williams signed at the Nets, he kind of fell off. He had one, he had one good year, and then he kind of fell off after that. Yeah, so I mean, you want to say two years after that, playoffs probably happen. I think worst case scenario is they don't have any playoff success, but they win just enough to like to where like a future of 
I don't know, it could put something in doubt to where you don't get any peace going forward. Because, you know, obviously I love Harrison Barnes, but like Harrison Barnes probably doesn't happen, you know, if you have both of those two guys. Because well, at the, Harris, at the point of Harrison Barnes, these three could have been gone because you could only sign him to four-year deals. Yeah, that's true. I think they would be in the same exact place. <laughs> like yeah, that where you know that part of 2014 and 13 would have been maybe a little higher. Like you said, a little more playoff success possibly. We're not bringing a championship with that team. Yeah, I mean, you may you you get those guys, you might uh, get into the second round, but I mean, you're assuming like. Does Dwight have his back problems still? If he doesn't, his then, locker room problems still. Yes, his flatulence problems still. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just a lot with that of what would play into that. This is it. This is a hard one to answer. Uh, we're gonna do our best. What if they kept Antoine Jameson in the summer of 2004 instead of trading for Devin Harris and went with the core of Terry, jo- uh, Jason Terry, Josh Howard, Antoine Jameson, and Dirk? This is from Billy Sierra 16. It's a hard one. It's a hard one to try to guess. I don't see that team's being that much better to me because that's a hard team to try to to fit together. That Jamison, Dirk, Howard. That's definitely a Donnie Nelson team or Don Nelson team, though. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I love Antoine Jamison, um, yeah. Tar Heel baby, and but I'm I'm sensing. Okay, we've done this podcast for how many episodes? Almost three hundred. I'm sensing a pattern. Bro. If any player in the entire history of the National Basketball Association went to or stepped foot on North Carolina's campus, you say, I like this guy. No, no matter what. They, there's never been if a they player. they put on the jersey. There's, there's never been a player that has played for the Tar Heels that went to the NBA that you did not say that you liked this player. I Okay, the only My one. My new goal is to find a player, find multiple players that you don't like that went to UNC. The only one I halfway didn't like when they got to the league was Rashad McCants. Okay. But I didn't it's I that barely it's like counts. I like it's not like I like hate him or anything, but oh, they had a pickup the other day at Chapel Hill and Rashid played in it. Oh my gosh. Rashid Wallace? Yes, yes. My heart was in that game. Anyway, <laughs> um yeah, I mean I wanna okay, so Jameson goes for we didn't do any homework on this. So he goes for the uh for the Devin Harris you know, trade to where we get Devin back. So you, if you want to keep on tying the knots, you wouldn't get Jason Kidd because we sent Devin mm. for a kid. Yeah. Um. So would you want Antoine James to move forward? And then you're looking at Devin Harris doesn't even become a Maverick, and the role that he played in getting the Mavericks that first um, matchup with the Heat, and like all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, he yeah he's starting in those playoffs that we talked about. Yeah. So I mean, as much as I love Jameson, it was. Probably the right move at the time. You do love Jameson. I neat, do like him. Neat on the rocks? What? You never had Jameson before? No. Is this an alcoholic beverage, Nick? Yeah. What if Jason Kidd wasn't traded to the Suns? This is from V Kills It FTW again. Um, Steve Nash doesn't happen? <laughs> Not. He still plays in the NBA, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's never alive. Yeah, he never existed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously Dallas would hold on to him. Fairly um, similar to Tyson Chandler, this one, I think. Yeah, they would hold on to him. Nash would maybe be in Phoenix his whole career. Maybe. <laughs> um, at that point. But, yeah, man, it, it's that's super fun to think about. Either one of those, if, like, if you kept Jason Kidd forever or if Steve Nash never left him for agency, just the thought of them pairing, um, yeah, with – 
with Dirk for his whole career is in the scope sure. of Mavericks history, you kind of only think of Jason Kidd as that really young guy or that really old guy, you know? But yeah. you forget those years in the middle where he, he dragged those Nets teams to two, you know, uh, to two finals, you know, appearances with, yeah. like, you know, Richard Jefferson and Vince Carter and, you know, and Kenyon Martin. I love Martin. that team, dude. <laughs> those teams were fun, but that wasn't, you know, they weren't killing, you know, those were yeah. not, like, all all-star guys, um, like perennial all-star type guys. But he, he took that team himself and – uh I don't know. Could could be a lot of interesting stuff. Do you think they win in 06 if they have Jason Kidd? Let's just say everything out the window. 06, you have Jason Kidd, Dirk, Jet, you know, like every, like everything else. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think he that'd be a, he'd yeah. be a big difference cuz he was so good defensively too. Walking triple-double and so good defensively. There's a lot that happened in between those two time frames, but uh Assuming everything, I know we're throwing all that out. We're just and you just putting Jason Kidd on that roster. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. He's the difference. All right, there you go. That's our what if mailbag. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you didn't, uh, too bad. We already did it, guys. It's like two two and a half weeks of what ifs. It's been kind of fun. I've enjoyed I've been, it. I've enjoyed going down rabbit rabbit trails. There's been a lot of people reach out, which is uh, super cool. I actually, have a guy. Uh, I was going to give him a shout out, Dieter. Dieter Walsh. Shout he goes, hey, Isaac, just wanted to let you know I love the pod, and you make uh, my days a lot better, blah, blah, blah. Never stop doing these. So he said some other things. But anyway. I'm going to apologize he- to him for eventually letting him down. <laughs> but Dieter <laughs> so is from, <laughs> from Australia. So shout, shout out to you. We like to give some shout outs every now and then. So um, thanks for reaching out, bro. That's, uh, it means a lot when we hear from people. It's cool. Because newsflash, we don't make a ton off doing this, but we do make some, and it's fun, and we have a passion for it, <sighs> and it's fun talking to Mavs fans most of the time. This next week is going to be really fun. I actually enjoy this a lot. We rank all of the starting, you know, all the starting players in the NBA by position, or at least by what we think their position is going to be. And then we kind of go off of a ranking from that. So we did this series last year. We're going to do it again next this week and then coming next week. And then after those two weeks, guys, media day. Yeah. It's like next, uh, well, a couple Fridays from now. Yeah, but it's coming up. It is. It's coming quick. The players are all getting into town, guys. Luca to Dallas. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, you can kind of feel the uh, anticipation now, the season coming. And at, it's we're going to look around and the Beijing Ducks are going to be uh, warming up in the American Airlines Center for Luca's first quack, game. Quack, 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 quack. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. He's out.